My name is Rebby Kern, and you are listening to Fully Integrated, my journey to self-discovery, healing, and finding my truth. The joys of letting go. When I consider letting go, I think of loss. Uh, Fear completely takes over. I think about all of the things that I've lost along the way. You know, having to pack up my life into one bag as a teenager and uh, move to a completely different state with a a family that I barely really knew uh, and restart my life there, I held on to everything that I could. I got this new sense of connection into the material world. And my sister loved to shop. And so we would shop together and, uh, you know, she would overspend on, on things that I, I never really got to ask for in the past. I had uh, new shoes, new clothes, a new backpack, and everything that, you know, consumerism tells you that you need to go to school. And I got all of the things. Even now, right, I clear out my closet. I still have clothes from high school. And I started to ask myself why. You know, why is it that I hold on to these things? How do I assign so much meaning to each of these items? And whether it's a candle or a pair of glasses or, hell, even fingernail polish, there's something so sentimental about each of these things and that they're mine. They're mine to have, they're mine to do with what I like. And why does it become so hard to let go? This was the big question I asked myself. Is there joy in letting go? Is letting go required? Is letting go necessary? How is letting go necessary to grow? I traveled out of the country for the first time this year. Part of my self-care journey, I identified. Learning how to say no. And doing something for myself, taking myself out on my own date once a week and travel out of the country. When I was living in DC, it was really easy to get my passport. And so I went through the process and within a matter of weeks, I I had a passport without a destination, without a plan, without really money to travel out of the country. But I knew I wanted to experience this. Then my self-care journey last spring I began to identify places that were within my budget. And uh, whoever it was that recommended Scott's Cheap Flights, thank you very much. Costa Rica popped up twice. And I took a look and I was able to get a flight around $300 round trip in September. So I took a week off and I went. I went by myself. I almost didn't have an opportunity to go because, again, I allow finances to hold me back. I made a new friend while I was out there, and he drove me around the country. We made a few stops along the way. We ate so much food. We met coyotes, these cute animals with super long tails. They they reminded me a lot of marsupials, but then they had the characteristics of raccoons. Um, They were scavengers and a little feisty. It was such a beautiful experience. I wasn't bombarded by my cell phone, by emails, by billboards, by the fingernail polish, by the sunglasses, by the candles. It was me and waterfalls. 
and the rain, and the sounds of animals I had never seen before. It was a, a perspective shift for me on what really matters in my life. What is it that I wake up for? What is it that I set my vision on to move forward in my life? And what am I working for? Beren toured me through the countryside and we stopped in to uh, see a friend of his and his mom had prepared coffee and food and uh, I got to meet the cats and the dogs and the birds and all of the animals that surrounded the home. I remember going into the restroom and noticing the simplicity. Whether it was a restaurant that we stopped by or a home, everything was really simple. The house was put together with what you have, what you have access to. I saw a, a toothbrush and it was in a, a plastic McDonald's cup. You know, one of those special edition marketing schemes, I'm sure. Or some uh, cartoon character from a TV show. But it was faded, right? It had been there for a long time. And that was the toothbrush holder. I asked myself, how much money have I spent on toothbrush holders? I mean, really, if I go online and look at Target's website, how much are they charging for a toothbrush holder? Really, upwards of $30 for uh, a piece of, of ceramic or metal or plastic or acrylic that maybe has your favorite color on it. You know, was all of that necessary? Did I need to be spending upwards of $30 for a toothbrush holder? In what way have I been defining myself by what I have? I'd realized that, that the brand name clothing started to make me feel more qualified, more desirable. There was something more to it. Like it was more than just recognizing the brand names or finding a cheap deal. I was like, I was really truly finding social meaning, social status, social value in wearing this. But why? Like, what was the big hole in my life that I was really trying to, to fill up? And I thought back to the time when I packed one bag, when I had to fit my whole life into one bag. And growing up, knowing that if I changed the thermostat, like that costs money. My parents got really upset when I would do that. Um, and if I let the heat run high all day, well, that was, was going to be a jump in the power bill. I know that now as an adult, right, with, with power bills to pay. And so everything was really associated with money. And so this lack of money, this lack of money was lack of access. It was lack of, of cute clothes, lack of fingernail polish. But like we had enough. I don't ever remember going without food. We didn't eat out, but there was food at home. There was food to eat. And we were never homeless. Um, and cars might have got repoed at some point. Um, but we never lost the house. We moved a lot. Um, and so when I came back from Costa Rica, um, a lot of you are, are familiar with the Marie Kondo experience, right? Uh, that in our process of clearing out, right, letting go, uh, that we can think an item. That's so why I can take the Alice in Wonderland t-shirt uh, from... 11th grade and thank that item for bringing me joy. And it's okay if that item doesn't spark joy for me anymore. I can uh, donate it. I can 
let it move on. And, and in that moving on from the item, like what is it that holds somebody back from wanting to let it go? Is, this, is it a sentimental value? I did somebody gift this. Does it tell a story? Is it one of your favorite characters? Is it um, the shirt that you wore on the first date with your partner? This process doesn't, this process doesn't restrict us uh, from what we do and don't let go, but it does question the why. You know, why does it become so hard to let go? And so for me, it was this fear of, of not having enough. Of, of going back to only having one bag of things. That the more I filled my life up with, the more I felt valuable and I felt more like my peers. So I came home after Costa Rica and all I wanted to do was purge. I very well could have packed up my whole room, shipped it out and just left the bed. I used to live in, in a house with a partner of mine and, and we were together for a long time and uh, it was a beautiful relationship. And, and this person taught me to love myself in ways that I never thought were possible, right? And I thank him forever for that. And we lived in this beautiful home and a house that we picked out together. And in my own growth journey, like I had to step away from that to, to become a healthier version of myself for a lot of different reasons. But with that, uh, I, I brought all of the things with me that I had there. I filled up my life with material things, um, which isn't necessarily bad. And as I moved into a bedroom, a single room <laughs> with a bed and, and a dresser and a closet, I, I was completely overwhelmed. I, I had so much stuff. I, I was downsizing, as they say. And when I came back from Costa Rica, I started to see all of these things and yeah, they never had a place to settle in. I couldn't find a place to put all of these things and I didn't know what to do. And I didn't want to let go of them because I'd worked so hard to make the money to be able to have these things and feel like I was building a life for myself. A lot of these things were gifts. They were given to me. At that time, my partner would, uh, would present me with gifts that I would never allow myself to purchase, whether I thought that they were too expensive or too grandiose or what have you. But these were also gifts of love. And, and I... I and didn't want to, to pass them on. And so I wonder now, like, what does letting go really mean? You know, how much of these items do I have wrapped up in this relationship that, you know, I ponder on? Um, this relationship that was a huge turning point for me. Uh, that when I moved to Charlotte, you know, still newly sober, I was only sober a year and a half, you know, and we met and I finally started to feel like I ha that Charlotte could be home for me. Uh, and then in letting these things go is also removing that part of history that I created. And then the facts were, like, is this essential? Am I using these things, right, on a regular basis? Am I wearing these shoes? And I looked through the closet and, and uh, especially through modeling, I would just buy clothing that I thought was cool and hope that I would use it later and then I would either... Uh, outgrow it or uh, it wouldn't fit anymore or it wasn't the season for it or honestly I would leave the tag on it and keep it in the closet uh, that these were the kinds of items that I had to get really honest about will I use this <laughs> is this useful for me in my world right now I, I bring all of this up because I 
I, I couldn't understand right away why it has been so hard for me over the past 10 years to like donate things. It was a really uncomfortable feeling when I left from California to pack up everything into my car. I was living with a girlfriend at the time and I, I drove across the country and, and I was packed up my car and moved. And I hear a lot of people tell stories like that and they really romance the, the concept of being nomadic that way. And for me, I had to start all over. I was leaving a place that I'd called home and while I was leaving trauma behind and addiction behind and starting a new world, it was also completely terrifying to have to start over again. That I feel like in letting go, I become farther away from what I call home. In the last episode, I talk about love. And love for me is finding home. And what does it take to make a home? I just don't know if throw pillows and designer mirrors are actually what makes my home a home. And so when I came back from Costa Rica, there is this essence that I understood and that I am home. I could give away all of my things, sure. The joy of letting go is letting, letting go of the concept that I have to have a pair of lucky jeans to, to feel comfortable with who I am. The joy of letting go is avoiding hoarding tactics out of fear. A fear of losing what I have, a fear of not getting what I want. And those kinds of behaviors, it, it spills over. It spills over into my interpersonal relationships with others. It, it, it spills over into my food habits. Like even as simple, like if I go out to eat and I order more than I know I'm going to eat, I'll put it in a box knowing full and well that the next day, I won't even be home to eat it, but I still bring it home. I put it in the styrofoam box and I leave it in the refrigerator. And sometimes I will leave it in the refrigerator until it rots and spoils and smells and grows really weird scientific mold. And I have to throw it out. It's come to this point where all of this clutter and all of this stuff is just like building its own personality that I don't know how to interact with anymore. What do I lose when I really pass it on? Can I still be at home without the stuff? And so whether it be the Marie Kondo experience of putting all of my clothes in a pile and, and recognizing does this spark joy, more so it was this huge acceptance of I don't need this to feel at home. I need me to feel at home. I don't have to wear certain clothing to be accepted by my peers. I can wear one pair of shoes every day for a week and nobody says anything. But when I was younger, like I had a lot of shame. Now this one pair of, of Converse that I begged and begged and begged and begged for, and they were black and white and they had like graffiti writing all over them. Man, I wore the hell out of those chucks. It was like, if I wanted something, I had to work for it. When I played uh, league soccer in, in the city of Tacoma, my dad said that I, I couldn't play, right? It cost more money than what he was able to afford at that point. And I wanted to play so bad. And so I went with a friend of mine, with Christy, and we went to Fox Island and her dad allowed us to come and culk 
sidings of houses with him during the summer. And we were paid for it, and I was able to use that money to pay my soccer dues. I wanted to try out for cheerleading, and it was too expensive. I don't even know if I asked my parents. I think when I went to the information meeting, uh, they said that uniforms and everything was going to be like $1,500. And uh, I mean, I was on free and reduced lunch. Like There was no way my parents were going to be able to put out that much money for, for cheer. And um, so I... I Try to stick with the athletics that that uh, cost the basics, uniform, cleats, whatever. And, and so I, I savor what I pay for. I try to buy things on discount and then I like can't get rid of it because I bought it for, for $7. I know so many of you relate to me on this because this is what we do. There's a book that I read last year, The Art of Money by Bari Tesler. And Bari goes through a, a timeline clearing. I like think back to the times when you gained when you gained information about money. Like was there too much? Was there too little? Did your family interact because of the too much or because of the too little? And the whole goal of this is to build happiness and joy around finances. It was one of the best financial self-care things I've done for myself. And I started to uh to track all of my income and my spending and bills and, and uh, credit in a spreadsheet and get really clear about how to, to clear my debt. And, and as uncomfortable as it is to, to face it, it was, it was so beautiful to do it. After learning some of my sister's spending habits, as soon as I got to college and started cashing out my student loan money, it was the first time that I had thousands of dollars, what felt like at my disposal to do whatever I wanted. Like there was nobody to tell me no. There's nobody to say, this is too expensive. You can't buy this. I remember this jacket that I bought. It was a, a long gray trench coat. It had big round magenta buttons on it, uh, magenta stripes. It was this like really stylish hip jacket that I would never have afforded myself before. I went into Aldo and I bought a pair of patent leather stiletto heels that were the same magenta pink and gray. Oh, it was my favorite outfit. I don't think I gave away those shoes until I moved to Charlotte. <laughs> I held on to them forever and ever and ever, even though I didn't ever wear them. And I have multiple outfits like that that I think back then and it's like, I've never allowed myself to buy things that were that expensive. How can I let them go? I, I, I invested in these items, I have to keep them. After reading The Art of Money, I was able to look back at that, um, at that behavior and, and know that I was healing from the trauma of not having money. I wanted to know what it was like to spend and not get in trouble for it. I wanted to, to spend on something expensive instead of just buying off-brand grits. Um, it felt good. It felt good, but at what point did I then become defined by those expenses? Now, I tell you what, if I was making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, I think I would absolutely buy the Tesla, buy the 75-inch TV, right? Pay it off, not have it on credit, not a problem. And instead, I learned unhealthy credit habits. Um, I remember getting my first charge card and just maxing it out. Um, I... Uh, saw my credit spending and addiction 
and made a commitment to myself in sobriety that I wouldn't open up new credit lines. And I paid off all of these department stores and all of these random credit that I never even remembered opening, to be honest. And um, when I moved to DC, I opened up an American Airlines card. Um, I tell you what, I'm fighting with this card because every once in a while I just get the itch to buy something that costs three, four, five hundred dollars and think I'll pay it off. And, and instead I just build it up and they extend the limit and raise the APR. And then it's just this cycle, right? If, if you've never heard of this book, Art of Money, please like pick it up, clear your timeline and understand your relationship with money. So I came back from Costa Rica. I had this new desire for essentialism and I had a desire to let go. I wanted to let go what I've made money mean to me. I want to let go of this idea that I'm emotionally stable because of what I have. I want to let go of the concept that I have to have nice things in order to be respected by my peers and by the people in my life. Like, I am enough. Gosh, I need to say that again. I am enough. Now, who I am is enough, whether I wear Pumas, Nikes, or Skechers, or off-brand flip-flops. At the end of the day, like I can't take this stuff with me. But now I get to ask myself the question, am I doing this because it makes me feel good? Am I doing this because I think it makes me look good? Am I doing this because this is a necessity? Is this item essential? And then drop the guilt. Let go of, of what I think it means to, to have money. And so now I have a deeper understanding of the way that I hold on and a new willingness to continuously let go and to know that the material things are creating blocks between me and the people around me in my life. I get to have a deeper connection to the financial insecurity that I've carried with me and instead choose abundance, choose enoughness, choose that my foundation is enough and I no longer have to be defined by what I have. I ask you to consider why you might be holding on. Is what you're holding on to preventing you from making space for something new? Is what you're holding on to keeping you rooted into the past that you can't see into your future? Whatever it is, this is your time to examine, to let go, and to know that you can always check in with yourself about where you are. It's a consistent journey. It's a lifelong journey. Be willing to let go. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Fully Integrated. Subscribe share, and I'll see you on the other side.